As almond acreage has grown, efforts to keep expanding global demand have been critical. To me, that's the only reason this committee exists and should exist is, is to do research that uh, will assist this industry in promoting uh, sales of almonds. Almond Grower and Nutrition Research Committee Chair George Goshgarian joins the show. Welcome to the Almond Journey podcast brought to you by the Almond Board of California. On the show, we discover how growers, handlers, and other stakeholders are making things work in their operations to drive the almond industry forward. I'm your host, Tim Hamrich, and I'm traveling up and down the valley, virtually in this case, to feature the leaders who are finding innovative ways to improve their operations, connect with their communities, and ultimately advance the almond industry. Today's episode takes us down to Fresno, California, to visit with George Goshgarian. George is an almond grower, as well as the chairman of the Almond Board's Nutrition Research Committee. In today's episode, we unpack the important role this nutrition research continues to play in growing global consumption of almonds. George shares some of the successes and challenges of the past 15 plus years he's been involved in the committee. And by the end of today's episode, I think you'll have even more of an appreciation for how important this work is for all almond growers and handlers and how much effort goes into this by people like George who volunteer their time to serve the industry. To start things off, though, I asked George to share a little bit of background about his farming operation. It's not all that terribly interesting or different from most other uh, almond growers, but uh, we're in an area where there it used to be a majority grape growing area. And back about in the 1980s, the grape market began to have trouble. And so we planted our first almonds around 1981, 1982, before almonds were really considered a crop for this area. As the grape market faltered, and it's been faltering for a number of years now, and has become unprofitable, a lot of vineyards were pulled out and almonds were planted. And the market still took everything that we grew and it marketed them at a profitable level. And then we started seeing stone fruit go by the wayside. We started seeing um, row crops go by the wayside. And as farmers looked at what they could grow, one of the big factors became labor. And the nut crops can be grown with much less labor than tree fruit or grapes. And so we've seen a lot of that acreage removed and has been planted into almonds. And we were ahead of the curve considerably uh, with that because most of a lot of the almond plantings now have happened in the last 10 years or so. We started about 40 years ago. And now we see a huge planting of almonds in California. And now we're asking ourselves, what do we do now? Do we keep as much acreage in almonds or do we start diversifying out? We haven't answered that question just yet, but we're actively looking at that because we have a lot of acres of almonds planted. We are probably somewhere around 1.6 to 1.7 million acres of almonds in the state. And that affects every individual grower because the supply becomes fairly high and it drives the price down. 
Trying to keep ahead of that growing supply is a big part of what drives his work with the Nutrition Research Committee. In order to truthfully promote the healthy properties of almonds, the industry needs data. And investing in the right research allows the industry to tell the stories that increase almond consumption over time. In addition to farming, George is also a medical doctor, although he hasn't practiced in several years. Back when he joined the Almond Board in 2003, his medical background prompted him to ask some questions about the nutrition research efforts. He was soon asked to be on the Nutrition Research Committee and has been a part of it ever since. The research by the Almond Board started in 1995, and George says when he got involved eight years later, the industry was already starting to see the benefits of these efforts. A lot of the initial research involved diabetes, and and there's always been uh, interest in it from that angle. And then the heart health, same uh, situations, considerable general population interest in those two subjects. And yes, I think it did make a big difference in uh, almond consumption. And we still continue to update our library, our portfolio of projects in those two particular fields. And my opinion has been that uh, the work that we have accomplished in nutrition research has been one of the major reasons for the increased sales of almonds over the years. Yeah. And could you talk more about that? Maybe the, uh, you know, what you have experienced and what you have observed that makes you confidently come to that conclusion? Um. Difficult to give you a short answer on that, but pretty much over the last, especially the last 15 years, there's been a considerable uptick in the general public awareness of a healthy lifestyle, of uh, maintaining one's health. And with our library of projects and completed studies that would be out there, that was uh, very well accepted, and that has increased as the years have gone by. So I mean, heart health it was a real critical situation back in the late uh, 1990s and into the early 2000s. It remains the same. Diabetes is, a, is the same situation. Diabetes has become a worldwide disease. So there's been a worldwide interest in the material we've developed in uh, the effect of the almond on uh, blood sugar metabolism. The heart health, early on, it became fairly accepted that we are a heart-healthy food. And I think one of the major changes that we evoked was that almonds had always been considered a high-fat food, but we're high in monosaturated and polyunsaturated fats and extremely low to non-existent with saturated fats. And I think that really caught the public attention. And as our papers developed and our projects were published, that people who ate almonds had a lower incidence of cardiovascular disease, that really caught on and it's grown ever since. Basically the same thing with diabetes. The initial studies showed that it was beneficial in controlling in helping to control blood sugar. And we've expanded on that over the years with continual upgrades of our research. And that's kind of the basics of, of how we got started. And I think almost 20 years now, you've been involved in nutrition research for the Almond Board. 
what stands out as something you're particularly proud of or that just stands out as a as sort of a milestone in, in the contributions that have taken place while you've been a part of it? Well, the most recent milestone that we're really proud of has been our skin research results. The marketing people have shown me the number of what they call impressions that they receive with papers that we publish. And by far and away, our skin papers have garnered somewhere around 10 times the interest that most of the other research we've done has garnered. So we're extremely proud of that. Another project I think really was spot on, but we're not allowed to use it. FDA will not accept the numbers, but we've had this study has been done by two separate institutions. And the one that we engaged with was the USDA lab at Beltville, Maryland, where we showed that the digestible calories out of an almond are about 20% less than what is accepted for with the old Atwater method of determining the calorie content of an almond. So basically at this point, where an almond is considered, and the FDA so requires, we say an almond contains 160 to 170 calories per ounce, it's probably more like 120 to 125. That research garnered a considerable amount of interest too, worldwide. And even though we cannot use that in our labeling, I think people have become aware of it. And that to me was another big breakthrough. So for the more recent studies that we've done, I think the caloric studies and the skin studies have been a big, big deal. And for the, yeah, the caloric study then, is the FDA just requiring more research? Because that seems like a big deal. We've, it came, we, we did it through studying this country. The Canadians also did a study independent from Almond Board that came up with the same data. So why it hasn't been accepted, I don't know, but it has not been accepted. But interestingly enough, the kind bar has come out with that number on their labeling and is still on their label. So it's like they haven't been bothered by that, even though the FDA does not grant us that new number. Kind Bar has been using it, and they so far have not been told to cease. So maybe it's gradually being accepted. Well, it's one thing to kind of look back and see the success, but it's probably a whole nother thing in your shoes to have to make the decisions today of of where to invest. Uh, so can you walk through that process of we could talk about, you know, health research in terms of diabetes and heart health and obesity and that sort of thing. But I would imagine the details of what specific studies, what are we looking for? What are we hoping to accomplish? That's probably pretty challenging. That's our biggest challenge is to where do we target our research? and have it published in a time period where it will gather the people's attention. So a number of years ago, we kind of changed our orientation from being helpful in disease management to what we basically called at that time a wellness or health maintenance. And the way we go about deciding where we're going to invest our funds for projects comes down to, first, 
what is important to get out to the public? And secondly, what type of timeline does the research require to study this and see if we do have a positive result? And you, that is probably the biggest challenge that we have. You know, our most recent exploratory efforts involve skin health. And we started projects about three to four years ago. And we have a number of projects currently continuing in that. But our initial project involved skin health, specifically regarding wrinkling of the skin. And we performed a pilot project to see if indeed we did make a difference. And a pilot project demonstrated that we did make a significant difference. We've gone on to do more studies in the skin wrinkle category, and it has confirmed that and has expanded on it. We've also performed skin studies regarding pigmentation of the skin and how the skin can handle sunlight damage. And we've had positive results with the skin pigmentation studies. We've had that study published earlier this year. We are currently ongoing with further studies in both of those realms. And so far, they have proved to be uh, quite positive. That's great. Could you maybe walk us through the process of how your subcommittee works in terms of how you decide to invest the funds? What's that look like from an organizational standpoint? Well, the process starts with individual members presenting ideas that may be worth investigating. And a lot of that is based off of what the natural components of an almond are, like the monosaturated fats were high in calcium, magnesium, and zinc, very high in antioxidants. We look at the compounds within the almond that are uh, very positive for health. And then we take that and see where maybe we can make a difference in people maintaining wellness and their health maintenance. Once we decide on a project, we've developed a system where we request proposals from researchers with their ideas of how to investigate whatever particular topic it is that we're interested in. And we then receive those proposals back. We then have to go through and review each one of those. And as a committee, we pick out those that strike us as being of the highest caliber and quality. And usually that's still a number of projects. And then we will take those and slim them down to where we can work with a budget that we're given. And then we contract those researchers to do the study. Studies will take at the minimum two years. Some will go out to four years. And then uh, once we get those papers back, goes to the marketing division to publicize the results. So from the beginning to where we grant the researchers a project used to take about nine to 10 months. It's taken longer now because of COVID. So before we ever get a project started, we're at least 12 months into it. And then the researchers are engaged and the USDA has to approve the projects before we go forward. So quite often it may be 
a good year and a half from the developing the concept of the study until the study actually begins recruiting subjects. And then we've got a minimum of two to three, sometimes four years to complete the project. And then it'll take another six months to prepare manuscripts and have those presented to the scientific journals. And they will take whatever time they need, which sometimes can be as much as six months before they'll publish it. And then once it's published, the marketing people can take that and do the best that they can to get the word out. So very long involved process from beginning to end. We're probably looking at five plus years. Wow. And so that's how far out we have to look as to where we want to aim our research. Right. Yeah. So you, you've got to really be kind of playing chess rather than checkers. I mean, really thinking about where things are headed. So as you think about that, you know, going forward here, what do you see as becoming a increasingly important area of research for the almond industry? Right now, we have a considerable number of projects underway regarding immunity. And we started with this idea before COVID really came about, but when COVID hit, it stimulated it even more. And those projects are just now beginning recruitment. So we've spent a lot of time in getting that started just because it's it's a critical deal right now. As we're finding with COVID, it's not disappearing very rapidly. Now, how much longer it'll be around it, that's a who knows. But we're seeing now that the vaccines did not provide for indefinite immunity as their booster shots now are being widely talked about. So that was a real critical thing for us to look at. And so that's where we are now. Right now, we're looking for the next biggest thing, and we haven't decided yet where we're heading, but we've got a number of lines in the water uh, to see where we may have interest from researchers to delve into. So that's kind of where we are now. But the immunity deal is a big deal, and we're just starting now with it. Matter of fact, some of the projects have not even started recruiting yet. We have one research outfit that is recruiting. But again, like I said before, there's difficulty in recruiting subjects today. And we're having to modify some of those protocols to uh, make up for that. It seems like with research, too, not only do you need to plan that far ahead just to get the project done, but also every research project is sort of a building block to sort of enable future projects as well. Does that enter into the the thought process as you're deciding what to invest in? Well, a lot of what goes into our thought process really comes from projects that we complete. And many times we will find data in those projects that will give us some guidance as to where almonds may make a significant difference. So A lot of what we've contracted for over the last few years is those papers are published. We not only get those out as to what the results were, but we go through those and see what ideas that may have not been obvious before are now a little bit more visible. And then we'll chase those leads down because in the end, we're not 
here to do basic research, which means why do things occur the way they do? I call it applied research where we know what the property of the almond is, where can it help? And so we choose to go forward with those projects where we think the almonds may be of significant help. And of course, they all aren't. They're they're not all home runs like the skin papers have been. But uh, even those that do not show positive results, we will sometimes be able to get data out of the researchers that will give us guidance as to where to go in the future. And as a, a grower yourself, you know, what message would you want to impress upon, you know, your fellow growers about the work that's being done, you know, by the Nutrition Research Subcommittee? I think the most important message for us to get to the growers, and this is something we constantly look after, is to have the grower community be aware of what we are doing and what we have accomplished and what the results of our studies have been, the studies that have come back with positive results. And that, I think, is critical. The Almond Board takes three cents a pound of the grower's proceeds to operate the board and to do research and marketing and so forth. So to our committee, it's been extremely important that it be communicated to the growers what we are looking at, what we have done, where our projects are, and we're still working to make that better. I think we can improve on that considerably because a lot of times uh, the growers are not aware of exactly what we have accomplished. They're generally aware of, of some of the major things, but there's a lot of other things that really do not get out to the grower community, and we're actively working on that now to to get more of that information to the grower base. Wow. This is really interesting stuff, George. I appreciate you sharing all this because, yeah, there's so much going on. And just hearing you talk about the process and the time required, I'm really grateful for people like yourself that get involved and take this stuff on because it sounds it sounds like a real challenge. Well, it is, but it's an interesting challenge. It's something I think is really has been a major benefit to the industry in that the claims that we make, we can back up with data. And to me, that is the most critical component of any research that you do and any uh, publicity that you engage in. You've got to have the data to back it up. And we do. Great. Well, anything before I let you go that, that we didn't touch on that you can think of that would be good to include in the episode or or maybe something we touched on but didn't go deep enough into? No, I think, Tim, you touched on everything pretty well. I think the major component of what we do is to increase almond consumption. To me, that's the only reason this committee exists and should exist is it is to develop data that shows people that eating almonds is good for wellness. It's a good lifestyle choice. And if we can convince people when they snack, because I, I consider an almond a snack food at this point, even though we're fairly high in protein. In some countries, nuts are used as a substitute for protein. I still think that this data just needs to get out there and make people aware of it. And people are interested in lifestyle today. 
They're interested in wellness, and it's up to us to address those concerns in innovative ways of using the almond. And with that, hopefully we continue to increase sales of the almond. And to me, that's the whole purpose for the committee. There's nothing else. It's not to do basic research. It's to do research that will assist this industry in promoting sales of almonds. Thank you so much to George Goshgarian for being on today's show. His commitment to serving the almond industry is really inspiring. And the Nutrition Research Committee continues to invest in the future of almond consumption. In fact, Almond Board Associate Director for the Nutrition Research Program, Swati Kalgaonkar, will provide today's ABC update. Well, you've just heard George provide his perspective on nutrition research and the value it provides to the almond industry. To bring in a little bit more information on how this valuable work gets done, you're about to hear from Dr. Swati Kalgaonkar, who's been with the Almond Board for nearly seven years now. She has a PhD in nutritional science and extensive nutrition clinical research experience. I asked if she could give an update on maybe some past, present, and future research that she's particularly excited about. So I think in terms of areas of research, I do want to say before I get into what we want to get into in the future, do want to talk a little bit about where we've already been, which is we're really well well established in the area of heart health research. We're also doing pretty well in the area of blood glucose regulation. So we know for a fact from the studies that have been conducted and published so far that almonds play a, a very important role in helping to regulate blood glucose levels. We also know that almonds play a role in gut health and in terms of satiety, which we would like to see translate into weight loss and or weight management. And there are a couple of studies that are currently underway. So when I talk about future trends or future path, uh, definitely the transition of taking it from almonds and satiety to almonds and weight loss and weight management. Similarly, I think immunity is top of mind for a lot of us today especially given what's happened in the last couple of years with COVID. So that is another area where it's it's important that we focus our energies and uh, look into it going forward. So there are studies that are ongoing in that area too. And, and we hope to get some great results in that area within the next year or so. So as both George and Swati have indicated, this work takes a great deal of time and effort. Swati says she's grateful to work in an industry with the vision and commitment it takes to perform all of this research. First and foremost, I just want to say a big thank you to the almond grower community because folks that sit on these committees that are um, part of Almond Board of California, they're all volunteers. They're very dedicated volunteers, and they really take the responsibilities very, very seriously. I think more and more with the help of publications that we have that are going out there, like How We Grow and In the Orchard, I think some of those publications are also now beginning to reveal more of the work that's being done by the Nutrition Research Program and how it's being marketed out to the consumers. So, but I would just like to say thank you for your support and please continue to support us because um, we're doing a great job of getting the health benefits of almonds out to the consumers making sure that the research is being done by the best minds out there, by the best researchers out there. And that's extremely important for any whole food. For anyone wanting to learn more about nutrition research results or future efforts, Swati has a couple of suggestions on where you can look. 
in the, the Almond Conference, we actually have two special sessions dedicated to nutrition research. One's actually going to be talking about diabetes and almonds. So talking about the role of almonds in helping to regulate glucose metabolism. So please do take the time to attend that if you're planning on attending the conference. And the second exciting session we have is actually about almonds and skin research. So we hope to see you there. Yes, we absolutely hope to see you there at the Almond Conference, which returns to Sacramento December 7th through 9th. It will be back in person at the newly renovated Safe Credit Union Convention Center. So go immediately to almonds.com forward slash conference to register right now. You'll be able to see Swatsy there as well as so many of the other people you've heard from here on this show. We believe everyone in the almond industry has a story of their own, of how they're making things work on their farms or in their jobs. Hearing the voices of industry leaders like George Goshgarian may have sparked a connection or an idea that you can use in your own journey. That's why we want to feature these stories of innovation, resilience, and community here on this podcast. I hope you'll come along for the ride by subscribing to the show on your podcast platform of choice and pass it along to others in the industry so we can all share in this almond journey together. <laughs>